Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode. I'm so excited to be back this week. I feel like I'm getting in a rhythm. It feels really good, and I'm just excited to like tackle this. And I'm sure if you're like avid listeners, you notice the rebrand. We have a new logo. We have a new thing going. I'm going to be on schedule actually and be bringing on guests. And I'm really passionate and serious about like making this a thing. And I know you guys love it, which has been like a shock, but also a wonder. And I've loved that so much too. So we are back with another episode. This is a solo episode. And while I really want to give you guys updates about my life, how I normally do in the beginning of solo episodes, I'm not going to only because there's so much to cover today. And so instead, I'm just going to tell you that right now I am the most stressed, but also the most grateful I've ever been. And maybe not the most stressed, but I definitely am stressed out. And so, but it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing because there are a lot of things going on that are good. And you know what? That's productive. And I'm trying to channel all of that energy into gratitude and being grateful. And I'm happy to give updates on another episode. Um, That's a solo one. But this one isn't going to be it because there's a lot to cover. And so welcome to Talking Body. This is the body episode. I have been thinking about doing something like this for a while. You guys know, if you know me, how outspoken I am about body-related things, be it sex, body image, body positivity, eating disorders, all of that stuff. So I wanted to do two things before we get into the content. The first thing, just provide a trigger warning. If you're triggered by eating disorders, disordered eating, anything like in that realm, or if you're triggered by any talks of sex as it relates to sexual violence, which I really don't think we're going to get into a lot. Somebody asked me one question. I don't have any personal experience, but I will provide insight on my relationship with sex and how that's evolved. Uh, And so if you're triggered by any of those things, just fair warning, I will not be offended if you don't listen. But other than that, the other thing I want to say, and this is just a disclosure, I am not a doctor, a therapist, I am not a nutritionist, a dietitian, I'm none of those things. I am just a woman who has been through the ringer, as I'm sure a lot of you have. And so I don't claim to be any of those things, and I want to recommend that if you're struggling, you get help. Because so often we don't treat our mental ails as we do our physical ones. And I'll give an example. Um, a lot of times we'll have anxiety or we'll be experiencing disordered eating and we'll say something like, well, it's not that bad. Like, I don't need to go to therapy and I don't need to seek help because it's not that bad. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to hurt myself and I'm not, you know, super depressed. So I'm not going to go. But if you broke your arm, you would never say, I'm not going to go to the hospital because I don't have terminal cancer. Do you know what I mean? And so just always remember you can drown in an ocean and you can drown in a puddle and whatever you're experiencing is super valid and I hope that if you are struggling, you can take this as a sign to go and get that help because you deserve it and it can make the world of a difference and just remember that this is all my own opinions and and I'm just bringing my experience to the conversation so I'm not a professional. Uh, But sometimes those of us who've been through a lot of shit can always have a lot to say about it and I think it's special that you guys have provided me the opportunity to have a lot to say about these things and a space to do so. So let's just dive in because I really think this is going to take a full damn hour but I'm here for it so pour yourself a cup of coffee or a glass of wine or if you're on your hot girl walk or wherever you are just go right ahead and dial in and before we start just take a deep breath like because like this is a dense topic and it's dense for me and that's okay. Um, and I am, I'm apprehensive about it. I've talked about a lot of the stuff at nauseum, but maybe not in as much detail as I'm going to go into today. So with all of that in mind, let's do it. I think the best way into this story is for me to tell my story and my experiences as it relates to my body. Um, so that's just where we're going to start. And so if you've listened to my podcast before, or if you follow me on social media, you probably know some of this stuff. So I'm trying to be as brief as possible. But basically, I always say this, but I never remember a time that I wasn't trying to lose weight in one way or another. I just struggled with food. I have hypothyroidism, which if you don't know what that is, it's basically a disease that slows down your metabolism and the production of different things in your body that help you to maintain your healthy weight or whatever that may be and so throughout my life I've struggled a lot with that and then also with food related things so when I got to college it really accumulated because I developed a very deep mindset of binge restrict now I have never put the word eating disorder on myself I've said disordered eating because my journey with it is so 
big and individual that I don't want to categorize it as one thing but the thing it looked like the most was binge eating disorder so to give you guys some context of what that means this started to develop the summer after my freshman year of college I'd gained the freshman 15 maybe the freshman 20 honestly that is not a bad thing that is a part of life so if you're experiencing right that right now you are totally normal it is a very very normal thing that's why it has a damn name it probably shouldn't because it's diet culture but it's very normal so I wanted to lose that weight as a lot of people may do the summer after their freshman year of college and so I decided to look up I remember like looking up calories and I had had like my fitness pal before but I was like I'm really gonna go gung-ho on like this weight loss journey and I thought the best way to do it was like calories in calories out because like that's the first thing you read whenever you're reading about weight loss and so I started to go down that path and it turned into being very restrictive so I was recording everything I ate I wasn't eating any olive oil all the telltale signs I was obsessed with fitness influencers who are basically telling me like eat a cookie and then the cookie was made out of seeds which just villainizes a cookie and then I was like I'm gonna go vegan because it makes me feel good and so I went on this path for a whole summer and I looked really great like I lost the weight and then some I was thriving and I went back to college I'd also had my breast reduction and I like just felt hot But when I got back to college, I started to do this thing where like if I had went out drinking or something because I wasn't drinking a lot in the summer between freshman and sophomore year, I would just like make that a binge day where I could eat whatever I wanted. And then the next day I would be like, okay, now I'm back on like my vegan thing. Now I'm back on my like restriction where I'm like going to count my thousand calories or however much it was. And so at first it was like mindless, like I was just doing this, but then it started to turn into like, okay, if I'm drinking later, I'm literally going to eat everything in sight. Or like today I'm waking up and it's a day where I'm binging and then tomorrow it's going to be a day where I'm restricting. And then that would turn into like this is a week when I'm restricting and this is a week when I'm binging. And so I started falling into this hole, but I never realized I had a name or even realized what I was doing until I was really deep into it. And at that point, I was like, I would say spiraling with this like I would be restricting massively and being like 800 calories with a hard exercise routine for a week and then the minute that I ate like the minute I had my hands on one drink or I ate you know one cookie one slice of pizza it would be a bag of chips a bag of nuts everything in sight because tomorrow I can't eat because I have to restrict now this is a very common experience it's super universal so that was my sophomore year of college it started in junior and senior year it came back and forth in waves and again I never really classified or categorized it because I didn't think I needed to and also I was deeply embarrassed by what was going on but at that point whenever I lost any weight it was only restricting and binging so I don't know up until like very recently how to lose weight without restricting and binging that was just like my backfall plan like that was how I operated that was how I ate and saw food so that lasted for like five years like even in quarantine I was experiencing this cycle and and doing this and I have now learned that my issues with food stem from my anxiety because food is a way for me to control something and people with anxiety specifically myself like to be in control like we want we crave to be in control and whenever I feel out of control controlling what I eat whether it's eating way too much or eating not enough or going on a vegan diet or doing this that and the other thing is the false appearance of control so that's what it was for me and so now and I don't know like I'm trying to organize how I'm going to talk about all this in my head but anyway push comes to shove I eventually like realized that this is like getting really bad it was like 25 pound weight fluctuations in either direction constantly which ruins your metabolism so I finally now got a nutritionist and she is helping me to learn Because basically, I, you know what, we need to dial it back. I'm getting myself confused. In the pandemic, I realized how much of a problem this was, and I started to want to reverse its effects, which I did on my own with the support of family and friends and also an outlet where I was talking about it. So I stopped restricting and binging. That was over for me. I I managed to stop doing it, which I'll go into how and some tactics that I used. But then I gained like 20 pounds of pandemic weight, which is totally pandemic weight normal if that's the worst thing that comes out of your pandemic you that's a success story and our bodies fluctuate and it's very normal but I felt like I was healthier in a healthier place and I wanted to lose weight in a healthy way I wanted to learn how I could lose weight and be 
for me at a happy place and a healthy place without restricting. And I literally don't, I didn't know how to lose weight without restricting and binging. It wasn't something that I was able to do or had any concept of. So that's when I got the nutritionist and we have been working together to find ways for me to ease away from the calorie counting system and still make healthy choices that can help me get back to a place that I feel really confident and sexy and happy at without binging or restricting and without like being totally centered and obsessed with calories and I'm going to get into all of that and all of her tips that she has for me um so that's my relationship as it relates to food in my body Uh, At the same time, as I was developing these eating problems, I also had really big boobs. I ended up getting a breast reduction surgery. If you know me, you know I talk about it a lot. I was 18 when I got the surgery. And that was also a really pivotal moment for my body journey because I think my boobs were like shielding my body for a while. And honestly, without them, you can like see my body better, if that makes sense. So that was like a bit of a weird self-conscious moment for me. Um, And then... Yeah, so that's kind of like my relationship with food and my relationship with my body in that regard. Um, And then the other part of this conversation that we're going to go into today is like talking about sex and intimacy and how our bodies relate to our relationships. And so I was essentially a virgin up until college. I had slept with one person before college like two times because I was kind of afraid, but I'd been dating him for like a year and I really trusted him. And honestly, it was a really good person for that to happen with in my life. And it was fine. There was nothing wrong with it, but I was like not afraid of sex, but apprehensive when I got to college. And I wasn't, I knew I wasn't going to be a big casual sex person just because I'm a very romantic individual and that's just like how I operate. And you guys know I'm sex positive. So like however you think about sex, you think about sex. However I think about sex, I think about sex. It's a free damn country and we should all lift each other up um, however we think about sex. But I knew when I got there that I wasn't going to be super like sex casual. And I got into my sorority and I was seeing this guy pretty early on around the time I got in my sorority and we were having a sorority meeting and they were all talking about like the guys they were sleeping with. And I remember like, in my head being like I haven't even slept with this guy that I've known for like four weeks and I'd been staving him off and whatever and he really wanted to but I was making all these excuses and whatnot which by the way you should never have to feel like you need to make an excuse no is a good enough answer but eventually we started dating so then I was ready to like go there and sleep with him so he ended up being the second person I ever slept with but the first person that I was truly and deeply emotionally attached to that I had ever slept with and that relationship was pretty tumultuous due to a variety of things but we broke up technically speaking in December but we were pretty much exclusively seeing one another for a year after that a full calendar year save the summer and so it went from something that like I thought that we were like in love and in a really good place and then we broke up and then I was crushed and I was willing to do literally anything to get him back because this was my first heartbreak and now looking back on it I really don't think it was love but back then I was 18 this was like literally love like it like my journal entries are an embarrassment at this point um I was so devastated and I knew that I could use my body in a way to have power because I knew that he looked at me as somebody so sexy and desirable and somebody that he couldn't say no to because he just like loved that energy he loved being intimate with me but he didn't want to date me but in my head I thought I could use that to leverage him to realize that he did want to date me And so my intention was like, well, if we're spending this time together and if we're lying in bed, even though we're not dating and he's telling me he loves me and all these things, like the next morning, eventually he's going to realize that he does love me. That obviously didn't happen. I was really naive. I was a baby. Um, But after we ended things, my relationship with intimacy and sex as it relates to my body was confused, if that makes sense, because I didn't know how I felt about it. I had never, first of all, felt like I had been in a relationship I mean I had been in two sexual situations at that point and I never felt like I'd been prioritized in a intimate manner whatsoever like these men just weren't prioritizing me I really looked at intercourse as an an, anything intimate as something that's totally and completely for male completion and nothing else 
And also, I was, like, literally using my body as a pawn in a game that I thought I could win. And I was doing that not because I was, like, wanting to be promiscuous, but because I truly and deeply thought I loved this person. And I thought, they must love me, too. And if this is the only time I get to see them, like, he was, like, a drug to me, which I think is very indicative of first loves and first heartbreaks. And so, this relationship crashes and burns and I just don't really know who I am in relationship to my body as it relates to intimacy and then I go and I have this breast reduction and I lose all this weight and I'm like I don't even know what this body is this body has never been intimate in a situation with somebody it's a different body now there's a couple things about that that we'll touch on but the number one thing is that you come into this world with one thing and that is your body we develop our personalities it's nature versus nurture we learn new things we grow our brains and obviously our bodies grow and change but you are born with one thing that you own and that is your body and number one nobody can actually ever take that from you even if it feels like they can and we're going to get into that but number two like you need to learn this body and you need to understand it and you just shake hands with it and get to know it from like the freckles on your shoulders to like the weird way your nipples look and you have to embrace that and be like hell yeah this is a gift like this is I'm able-bodied I'm strong and this is something that I was given to navigate the world with and so it took me a little bit honestly to try and comprehend and understand what my body meant in an intimate space and it honestly did take a really long time and it actually took having a partner who prioritized me and respected me to understand that and so my second boyfriend a similar situation like didn't prioritize me in that way intimacy wasn't really an integral part of our relationship because he wasn't really like super intimate as a person and so I was still confused and my main goal with that was also to pleasure him because I just wanted him to feel good but obviously it felt worse for me because I was like this makes me feel empty and used and so and I and and I think that sex is really really interesting as a concept which we'll get into as well because it's actually incredibly personal and sex starts like with you and you by yourself and like the way you feel about that word and obviously another person is going to eventually become a part of it if that's what you want and when that other person becomes a part of it they define your definition of sex which is unfortunate and it's actually inevitable as well so my my definition of sex because i had never gotten to think about it or understand it on my own became super diluted by these people these like three individuals that kind of wrote the book for me so i didn't i don't even think i had like real sex and like understood my body in that situation until I was seeing someone and dated somebody that respected my body, wanted to communicate with me about sex, wanted it to be a partnership and not me just giving them something that they would then take, not me just like rewarding them for something they didn't do. It was like a mutual thing and sometimes I was being rewarded and like it was it was really an, an eye-opening experience that I could then take that and then understand what sex meant to me and my body in a more interpersonal way. So we will get into all of that. Um, there are some questions that you have all asked about assault and sexual violence, and I want to make it very clear that I've never experienced, thankfully, either of these things. Um, I definitely have felt used before, and I definitely feel like a universal female experience, at least cisgender women, and honestly maybe men too, is saying yes when you really want to say no because you don't want to disappoint someone, and we all know that the word no is oftentimes hard for women to say and get out of their mouths, especially in a situation like that, but I've never been you know in a situation where I felt endangered and I want to make that very clear before we get into all of this um and so I think we're actually going to dial it back and start with body positivity because you guys have all asked a lot of questions about that and then we'll get into the sex stuff um so basically the body positivity movement was hard for me because I think the faces of it and this is definitely changing which is wonderful are skinny white privileged women and they're women that have the resources and the time and the money to take fancy workout classes and buy really expensive workout clothes and workout shoes and have the at-home equipment and have the gym membership and not only that have the time they don't work three jobs and I think a big failure of the fitness and fit fluencer 
for lack of a better term, sphere is that none of those people, for the vast majority, and obviously we have our good eggs, but you guys know what I'm talking about. They don't recognize that. So you look at these women saying, throw out your scale, just stop binging, and like love yourself. And you're like, of course you would say that. Like you are society's definition of perfect. And so I think the body positivity movement is actually kind of toxic. It's also exclusive. It leads leaves out BIPOC women. It leaves out women who identify as women but aren't cisgender. And it completely leaves out um, plus-sized women as well. And so for me, I reject the notion of body positivity and I instead work on body acceptance. And I'm going to share with you what that means. Um, so I've kind of like... This is kind of something that I've created myself slash pulled from different resources. But what body acceptance means to me is that it is not realistic to love my body and myself 100% every day of the week. In fact, half of the days, I'm probably going to be like, screw this. I hate my body. I don't like the way I feel. That is normal. That is human. It is unrealistic for us to be body positive 365 days a year, seven days a week. It's not going to happen. So instead, I say, you know what? I don't like how my body feels today. I can't I can't find a thing that feels like it fits right. I'm upset. But instead of saying I hate my body, I'm going to say I accept my body. I'm going to give my body gratitude and grace because to be honest, number one, it does not look horrible. And number two, nobody really cares what I look like. And number three, confidence is key and I need to push past this and accept my body for the wonderful things it does and can do instead of destroying it. I think that's a really much more realistic way to go about body acceptance opposed to body positivity um and the acceptance is also really helpful when you're in a stage where you're trying to lose weight in a healthy way and you can say my body isn't where i'm looking for it to go it's not at my goal place yet but guess what i accept it in this state of transition i accept it exactly how it is in this moment right now it can bring you so much grace and put so much less pressure on you it truly can and going off of that there's something about the body positivity movement that makes us want to like obsess over our bodies and the thing is if you're awake for 14 hours a day or i don't even know how many hours 16 hours a day and you spend 10 of those hours thinking about your body and nitpicking it and body checking and doing all these things you just wasted 10 wonderful, blissful, magical hours on earth where you could be using your mind and your body for something productive and beautiful and wonderful. And when I realized that and like thought about how precious my time here truly is, I was like, I need to just accept this and go for it and like do all the things I want to do because this doesn't really matter at the end of the day. And like, I feel like right now my body is in a state of transition. I'm trying to lose the weight in a healthy way, like I said. And in doing so, I'm like, looking at myself and I'm like I'm accepting this right now as it is and I'm going to put in the work that I'm putting in in a healthy way but it's not going to take over my whole life because it I can't let it do that so with that um one of you guys asked me to talk about losing weight with uh, without unhealthy habits and my nutritionist has told me something really interesting and because calorie counting for me is like a language I can't unlearn like I could look at any food and tell you the calories it's just something that's in my head and it sucks and it's awful But she told me, like, if you have an urge to look at a nutrition label, instead of looking at calories, look at the protein content. Because protein is really good when you're trying to lose weight in a healthy way because it keeps you fuller. She had this whole science thing about it attaching to your muscles and burning fat and all these wonderful things. And she said, like, the more protein, the better. And maybe look for something that has, like, less than five grams of sugar instead of looking at the calories because what matters when you're trying to lose weight is protein, not eating a ton of sugar, and just portion control. And eating when you're hungry till you're full, drinking a lot of water, doing some, like, committed exercise that feels good to you, all of those healthy habits that we can instill without looking at the calories. And this might be super hard. You know, it's um, it's difficult for me to not just look at it right away, but in looking at the protein and the sugar and fa- focusing on that, it's helped draw my attention away from calories. Um, so I hope that helps you. And then another thing about losing weight without unhealthy habits, one of my unhealthy habits in the past was obviously the binge and restrict cycle. And it's really hard to unlearn binging and restricting it's like it becomes like an exact science that you understand and know so well but for me some tactic that I did that actually really helped is that whenever I had a thought about either binging on food or restricting on food I would set a 15 minute timer wherever you are just set the timer and 
In those 15 minutes, you're not allowed to think about food. You just have to do something that makes you relax and makes you feel grounded. So maybe that's calling your mom, listening to your favorite song, watching 15 minutes of your favorite TV show, yoga, meditation, going on a walk, whatever it is. And then after the timer goes off, that's when you make your decision about how you're going to proceed with food. And after those 15 minutes, if you're like, I'm binging, go for it. But I promise you that in those 15 minutes, you are going to ground yourself and say, I'm going to make a good choice right now. And I'm going to remember that this cookie exists tomorrow. I don't need to have all 20 of them. I can have one today and one tomorrow. I can have two today and one tomorrow. You know what I mean? I can have none today and two tomorrow. This food is going to exist tomorrow and it is all about balance. And that timer thing really helped me. Random, I don't even know how I came up with that, but it is very helpful. I think this segues nicely into the idea of food guilt. The other thing about binge and restrict that's really important when you're coming over it and overcoming it is you can't assign any label to a food. You can't say good or bad. Um, You can't really do that with anything, but like no food is good and no food is bad because I had binge list foods like Chipotle was a bad food and if I ate that then I would get the ice cream and then I would have the chips then I would have the candy all of those things were my bad foods that if I had them it would trigger a binge and then I had my good foods like you know yogurt or cauliflower rice or whatever it was and it villainizes all of it it makes all of it terrible and hard so taking that away and like I remember the first time I said to myself, like, I can have a scoop of ice cream and I don't need to binge. And it's such a simple thing. But I was like, holy shit, like, there's no guilt. I'm allowed to have a scoop of ice cream and not binge. I'm allowed to have two scoops and not binge. I can have pizza and a scoop of ice cream and I don't have to binge. Like, it's all about balance. It's all about moderation. And do not assign any food a label. And it is hard to take the labels away. But I remember the first time I, like, sat back and thought about it and was like, okay, like this guy wants to take me on an ice cream date. I don't have to binge before or after that. I can just have the scoop of ice cream and enjoy it. And it makes food enjoyable again because you're being intuitive about the way you're approaching it. And it's really hard to eat intuitively. But um, something that I try to do in terms of intuition is exercise intuitively. I have had so many periods in my life where I've been obsessed with working out. And it can it's bad for you first of all like there are times in my life that I would have take no days off ever now I force myself to take one even that's hard but because it's hard for me on those off days I take a walk or I do a little bit of like restorative yoga or I meditate something of that nature to just make me feel okay like your body does not change at all if you take one day or two days or even three days off from working out or a week on vacation it's not going to change So intuitive exercise to me just means asking my body, how do you feel today? And with marathon training, I have like a seven day program where I have seven different workouts that I do. One of them is an off day. And instead of waking up and saying, today is my track workout, I have to do it. I wake up and say, would you rather cross train today? How are you feeling? It's hard to do that, but like you could plan out your workout and say, tomorrow I'm going to go to the gym and take a spin class, but you wake up and your legs are like, we're not taking a spin class. Let's do yoga. That's intuitive exercise. It's asking your body, How would you feel if we did something different than what we originally planned? I like to have a workout plan. It helps me to stay on track, but I cannot stress enough how much more helpful it is for me when I'm like, I don't have to do this. Like, nobody is forcing me. I get to just exercise however I want, and that is a damn privilege. Like, I don't have to do this. I get to. My body is so able-bodied that I can push it to be strong and healthy and I'm a capable runner I do yoga I lift weights I do all of these amazing things not because I have to because I get to and that was a really important switch for me so why though is it like this like why does any of this exist and I think if you dial it back you think it's society's unrealistic expectations that we put onto women and those who identify as women and this is not to say that men do not share these struggles because there are plenty of men who experience disordered eating and societal ideas of what they are meant to look like but for women you just feel like you're never good enough you're constantly comparing yourself to others almost everything about modern american and western society in general is about how women can be smaller and be more tame and more quiet and we see that in many reverberations and aftershocks throughout our own lives and i think it's really important um, when talking about body image and body dysmorphia to understand that there's no supposed to and i try to tell myself this in every day of my life Okay, so we're supposed to grow up and get married and have kids. Who came up with that? Literally, who came up with that and when? 
it's a tradition. But just because something is tradition doesn't mean that you have to do it, number one, and doesn't mean it's good for everybody or useful for everybody. You might never want to have children a day in your life. You might never want to get married. To hell with that. You don't have to because there's no supposed to. And people are going to make you feel like you're supposed to. But luckily, we're edging toward a more progressive society where there are a lot of people that are saying there isn't any supposed to. You're not supposed to do anything. You're not supposed to look like Kendall Jenner because that's unrealistic. You're supposed to look like you. You were born into this special body. It is unique. It is capable. It is all of these many, many things, but it is not a supposed to. And I think that that's really important to remember. And, you know, like we have this idea that we're supposed to be thin, but what is thin? Thin could be different on anybody. Thin could be a different concept for anybody. And that's something that I think is really important with fat phobia. Um, Like there's there is no supposed to and treating somebody differently because you think they're supposed to be a certain way is quite frankly screwed up. And it's blatantly discriminatory. We are supposed to be kind, gracious, and healthy. And if we are all of these things, then we are doing something right. It's not your job to tell somebody else what they're supposed to do or treat them a different way based on how you think they're supposed to be. If somebody wants to be a certain way or they are a certain way, I don't understand how that bothers other people. And so I try to reflect that in my own life. I'm like, I get dressed and I'm freaking out to go to an event because I'm like, everybody's going to think I'm fat. First of all, everyone's concerned with how how they look. Nobody's going to think anything of you. But second of all, like I'm practicing not projecting ideas of supposed to on other people and other people are practicing that too because there is literally no supposed to. And I know that that might not help, but like there's no one way of being. It does not make sense. There are a lot of different like parts and things and moving shit and chaos going on in your life that is much more important than a number and numbers also in western society define a lot of what we do you know sat scores and grades and gpa and whatever and weight and height and all these things again there is no effing supposed to you're supposed to be kind you're supposed to be gracious you're supposed to be healthy and productive and moving forward in your life on your terms And if somebody has a problem with that, should throw that person away because they're probably broken. Um, And like health has no size. Um, If you are a logical, smart, good doctor with a fair practice, you would know that health has no size. And so when somebody comes in and they are healthy, that is not attributed to their size. And if for some reason somebody is unhealthy for a reason where their cholesterol is higher, their blood sugars are something or low or high or whatever, obviously then you raise that to that patient. But beyond that, health doesn't have a size. Like, there's no one person that's healthier than another because of how they look. And we always have to remember that as well. And the last thing I want to touch on is our bodies changing. And this is especially true of women. So I apologize if you're not a woman. But our bodies, like, literally dial it back. Our bodies are created to incubate human beings. The world literally exists. The human population literally exists because female bodies are strong and badass and capable enough to literally incubate other human beings and feed them and grow them and create them for nine months. Women do not get enough credit. We have been over this, but your body is meant for that, regardless of the fact if you're going to use that function because you don't have to, but it is literally and figuratively and everything else meant to do that. It will change. Your hips are going to look a certain way. You're going to have a pouch on your tummy to protect your uterus. There are so many things about your body that because of its incredible functions, it will change. It is normal for your body to change. It is normal for it to fluctuate. It is normal for you to not look like how you looked when you're 15. In fact, you're never going to look like how you looked when you're 15 ever again. You did not have the same hormones. You were not the same age. You had not been through the same things. And think about it like this. Your body has taken you through every single hard day you've ever had, every worst day of your life, and every best day, your body took you through that. That's insane. So clearly it can get you through the ones to come, and it's important to treat your body like, you know, a champion for doing that for you, and to give it grace when you notice a change in it. And if you're unhappy with that change and you want to fix it in a healthy way, not fix it, that's a bad term, but you want to change that in a healthy way, go for it. If you don't, also go for it. It's up to you because you have autonomy over your body. And that's just the most important thing here. Like, as your body changes and grows, because it will, because that's normal, because it happens to literally everyone and it's realistic, we have to give it grace and say, hell yeah, buddy, you're doing a great job because it is.
Oh, I got a lot of questions that relate to our body image and how it relates to sex. And this is going to be a lot of talk about like partners and choosing our partners and all of that. But as always, and, and I've said this before, sex starts with you and it starts with how you feel about yourself and hyping yourself up and looking in the mirror and saying I'm going to accept this body for what it is and for what a gift it is to give it to somebody else like if you think about like what sex and intimacy is like that's a big deal and like giving that over to somebody is literally a gift and if they're not treating it like that they're definitely not the right person and they're the wrong person and they shouldn't be getting that gift from anybody um and so I think body image can really be tied to sex but something I want to promise you this is just based on knowing this to be true in cisgender heterosexual relationships a woman and a man and that's what i'm talking from my experience no man and if he is throw him out in the garbage hope he never finds a woman ever is looking at you like look at her stretch marks look at the way her tummy rolls like look at look at her legs they chose to be in that situation with you if this is consensual intercourse that you consented to and they consented to they chose to be in that situation with you they're like hell yeah this is great and we always have to assume the best and obviously tread lightly in these situations it's a big deal but assume the best this person is looking at you like this she is hot she is sexy she looks amazing i swear to you he's not like oh there's stretch marks on her boobs oh like her tummy kind of rolls like he's not he chose to be in that situation with you he's just like pumped to like see your body and be in that moment with you and embrace you and make you feel good and like have it be this like mutual respectful amazing relationship in consensual respectful sex and that's what i'm speaking from body image shouldn't be involved unless it's positive like you should have positive body image going into that being like i'm confident because like this person is gonna embrace this body of mine that is a gift that i am giving to them i am giving them a gift and a privilege in my body like you are literally giving them the one precious thing that you bring on this earth that's special that's awesome that's giving them a gift for lack of a better phrase and because of that they're gonna treat it like that like i promise you like when i say like no person is looking at you thinking like oh she has a zit like they wouldn't be in that situation And if they are an ass for whatever reason, first of all, I'm deeply sorry. And second of all, just trash them, throw them away. And it can be hard to just do that. But you will find somebody that is going to embrace every little part of you and be like, look at this damn gift lying in my bed. Holy shit. This is hot. This is amazing. She's beautiful. And so I always assume the best in those situations. And whenever I'm picking a partner, I try to understand who they are as a respectful person and of course it's okay if you want to have a one night stand you want to go have sex casual sex whatever fine do that 100% but I'm saying when I'm like selecting an intimate partner for myself or someone to date or whatnot it will always be somebody that I know is going to respect me because if they even had a thought about something about my body they weren't going to say it out loud and I would probably pick up on the fact that it was uncomfortable and not be in a relationship with them Um, but the people that I have been in a relationship have embraced my body even though I'm not you know stick thin I don't look like Kendall Jenner I have my imperfections and honestly it makes me feel sexier like they love like all of this these things about me and it makes me feel special and so I think you need to go in to these situations with that confidence where like I'm giving you this gift of my body and that should excite you because you're getting all of it but I know how hard that can be and you you guys asked me about low sex drive tied to body issues and I think if you don't feel like having sex because you're not confident in yourself, our work starts with getting you to a place where you are confident in yourself. Nobody is telling you you need to have sex right now. And if some guy is, screw him. I cannot stress that enough. But if you're just kind of like single and living your life and like looking to get into a relationship or you just start dating someone and you're nervous about being intimate with them because you're like, I don't know how I feel about my body. First of all, if you're dating someone and you trust them or you're starting to see someone and you really trust them, I would tell them like, I want to be intimate with you, but I need you to know that these are some things that are going on with me and it makes it hard for me to want to have sex and I hope you can help me to work through that. If they are a good person, they're going to say, hell yeah, sign me up. Let's get into it. If they're a bad person, then we're going to dump them in the trash, which we've been saying that we're going to do. It sucks that we even have to talk about these bad people, but they exist. So I think you know, don't put pressure on yourself to be like, oh my god, I I feel like I can't have sex because I have a low sex drive because I'm not confident in my body, but I feel like I have to. There's no supposed to's and there's no have to's. You don't have to do anything. And 
unfortunately we live in a world where women are taken advantage of and men do coerce them into doing things and that's awful and disgusting but again in consensual sexual relationships with someone that you trust normally it will be totally normal and chill to just be like hey this is what's going on in my head as it relates to having sex with you and I want to tell you because it's not that I don't want to have sex with you I do I'm just anxious and hopefully they're going to reaffirm that they're going to say wait a second I think you're hot and we can take this as slow as you want. This is on your time. This is on your beat. And I'm just along for the ride because I like doing everything with you. That is a sign of a good person. If you're single and you're like, I just don't know if I can date or have sex because of how I feel about my body. That too is completely normal. And maybe just take a break and focus on how we can get you to feel confident in your body because what matters is your relationship to you right now right and like the sex that you are to yourself and the goddess you are to yourself so let's get you to a place where you're like i'm a goddess and then you can go into relationships being like i'm a goddess and then the men are going to be like hell yeah you're a goddess and you're going to be like you see this is a really healthy way of thinking and a way of putting myself first and like i said sex starts with you and that can be interpreted in so many different ways but it really really does you guys also asked me like how to go into sexual relationships without apologizing for imperfections and this is going to come as like a really abrupt answer but just don't again I really, in my experience, I do not think that men are like obsessing over the fact that your legs are a little prickly or you have a stretch mark or cellulite. All of those things are very normal and they would be lying if they had not seen that before. Like, like again, nobody is coming up in here Brazilianed up with perfectly shaved legs, no cellulite, trash, trash. maybe there are people like that. You know what? Kudos, kudos, we're all jealous, but it's not how the world functions. It's not reality. And if you're dating like a real person and you're with a person that you trust, it's a good person that you chose, again, they, know, they want you to come as you are and you come as you are with imperfections we all do and it's not even imperfections it's just real shit like who told us that those were imperfections it's just like how we operate and how we are so simply don't apologize and if you have feel like you have to apologize or the person is like grossed out dump them in the trash that's like really the motif here and some of you are raising specific concerns like i'm a bigger girl and i'm worried about having sex and like going into those situations and again i think it's about like embracing yourself and body acceptance before you do because that person that you choose that person that's special to you is going to want you to come as you are and they chose you because they want to get in bed with you and they're excited about that and i think that's super important and then somebody else said like i feel like i'm quote skinny fat which is a term that means somebody who's looks thin but is out of shape and not quote quote fit or whatever and she was saying you know like i feel like When someone takes my clothes off, they're going to expect someone fit and I have like rolls and I'm soft. And like, again, like if somebody expects something from you in a sexual situation, they are a bad person. Sex is the kind of thing that moves as it does. It should be mutual. It should be consensual. It should be communicated about at nauseum. And it should be something that two people come together to do. And it's like, it should be peaceful, it should be wild, it should be fun, and it shouldn't ever be an expectation of anything. And if you feel like there are these expectations placed on you, then that person is definitely a bad person. They're not the right person. So the through line of this has been, you know, sex starts with you, and it starts, like, with you understanding what it means to you. And one of you said um, that you'd never had an orgasm before, which I think is very common. And I think it's just like getting to know your body. And I think when you're young, and by young, I mean like maybe like college age and high school age, like normally the boys that you're engaging in sexual activities with probably aren't going to be like looking to pleasure you in a way that would lead to a similar completion that they get to feel during a sexual um, exchange or partnership. And so I think like, when you are that age you're probably like I don't understand why this isn't happening um until you get into maybe more serious adult mature relationships where the guys are like much more interested in it being a mutual transaction and they're not as young and fumbly but I think just getting to know your own body and getting to know yourself and then not being embarrassed to communicate with your partner and finding a partner that wants to communicate with you again if you're with somebody that sex to them is a transaction which that you are giving them something you are not getting something back in return like again that's the wrong person it should be a mutual transaction and not 
each person is going to get something in return every time and that's okay but it needs to be a concept and I think the best way to go about that is getting to know your body for yourself girls gotta eat talks a lot about this they just had a recent episode about female orgasms with a professional who talks about it and I highly recommend listening to it going along with this somebody asked me about sex after you're in a relationship with someone and you're ready to start dating again and kind of how to navigate that and I think it goes back to this like comfort thing and you're in a relationship with someone who really cares about how you feel in this intimate context and all of a sudden you're out there in the world and again I've learned for myself that casual sex is something that I don't like to do it doesn't make me feel good there's definitely pressure like it's a societal thing and again if you like doing that hell yeah I know so many people who prefer that that's what they like but for me it's just not my speed and so whenever I go back into the dating pool I remember that in my head and of course you do miss those intimate moments with the person that you really loved and dated and like you miss that connection but you're gonna get that again with somebody else that you date in the future and it's gonna be special and it's gonna be different and it's gonna be a whole new journey and the thing about it is that like well some of us do have every day but like if you're you're not getting it every day because it is something that's special and it is something that's intimate and when you are single you have the choice you can have sex every day if you want with people that you're meeting and be single and, and live that casual sex life but you also don't have to and there's no have to's and there's no supposed to's again and and for me it's like you know, I'm going to just do other things and I'm going to flirt and I'm going to have a good time, but I really don't want to give this part of myself to someone because I know I might be disappointed and also I'm going to compare it. And also it's just a different level of intimate to me. And I don't want to be tossing that or giving that to someone that I don't really know so well. So I think it's just making that choice, which can be hard to make when there's pressure or when you're friends with people who really like casual sex and you're like, is there something wrong with me? There's not. There's not on either end. If you are a relationship person, there's nothing wrong with you. If you want to be single forever, there's nothing wrong with you. Like live out your truth. Okay. And then before we get into more dense stuff, there were some questions about um, birth control. If you are on an IUD, someone asked, it like pull out method with IUD do not just use the pull out method like please do something else like condoms use protection get your birth control going the pull out method is not foolproof like it will fail <laughs> please do not just don't like you can use it in tandem with your birth control if you want to be that safe like go for it you can use multiples at once but don't just rely on that it is a bad idea um please and then with IUDs um there's like a myriad of things you can do it's definitely the most reliable birth control so it's up to you on and your partner how you want to decide to go about um that uh, in general but it is definitely the most reliable I have an IUD I love it um and then the last question that I wanted to touch on is fighting to reclaim your body after you've been used or abused um and trigger warning if you want to leave the conversation and dip out I will let you guys know when it ends um but and and this is just not coming from personal experience but my thoughts you own your body and of course when something like that happens to you you feel like you've lost ownership like you have a house and someone came and evicted you and took the keys and all your things and you're just like you're a soul floating around but you're locked inside at the same time and it and it can be really really hard and that's at least how I understand it but even if it feels like someone came and evicted you they actually didn't because you're still in there and it sucks and I am so beyond sorry and devastated if that happens to you or happened to you I am thinking of you I am here for you I cannot understand the tremendous trauma that you are experiencing I highly recommend you talk to someone and surround yourself by love but nobody can take your body from you. Someone can tear you down. They can tear your house down. They can push it to the ground and they can say, you better not try to rebuild yourself. But guess what? Number one, you're going to rebuild yourself because you're strong and you're tough. And number two, nobody can actually take it away from you. And relearning our bodies like do we want to do that no nobody literally nobody wants to do that it's a process it's arduous but you're put in a shit situation by a shit person and the only way out is through and feeling the hard things and again surrounding yourself with grace and love and surrounding yourself with people that care about you and love you and understanding that you did nothing wrong that this house is still yours you own it and you have to rebuild it and you can rebuild it with the help of those around you and lifting you up and therapy and and anything that you're looking to to, to provide yourself an outlet is going to help you to rebuild that house and one day you're going to look at the house and you're going to be like this is a house I know and it's a little new maybe the shingles are a little different maybe the doorknob's been fixed it was creaky before but this is a really beautiful amazing and strong house that has been through a 
freaking windstorm and I was able to rebuild it and now this house is stronger and I again I'm so sorry and I'm thinking of you all if that has ever happened to you but I think it's really good and and it's really really important to remember that nobody can take that away from you even when it feels like they did if you're searching for the time when I stopped talking about that now will be that um so you guys can come back in for the last question that you asked Somebody asked me something I wish I could have told myself, which I think is a really special question. And I really, I think it's really important. I wish I could have told myself that it is really important to recognize that my body is the casing and the outer shell for my heart and my mind and my soul, which are three things that are much more important than the exterior and it's like if you had like a sunglasses case with expensive pair of sunglasses inside, you would never be worried how the sunglass case looked. You would be really wanting to make sure your sunglasses didn't get harmed and that's what our body does for our heart our mind and our soul like your body is protecting you when you love and when you think and when you create things and when you have new ideas and I wish I could have told myself that in college like this is just the case for the beautiful underneath and I think discovering that was a becoming for me but it was definitely something I wish I knew Um, I wish I knew that restricting leads to binging every single time. It's really hard for me to not to do one without the other. It doesn't happen for me. Um, And that was something that was really necessary for me to learn to break the habit. And I wish I wish I could have told myself that there's going to be future partners in my life where I am treated like an equal in a sexual relationship and I'm treated like a queen in a sexual relationship and like a gift and that it's really really special for me to be giving that to somebody and someone's going to treat me like it is and I think it's really important to remember that too and above all I wish I could have told myself that like all of the time I spent worrying about my body is unfounded and, and now lost time and when I look at myself now and I look at how far I've come mentally and I look at how like I'm now you know, losing some of this quarantine weight in a healthy way for the first time and like really embracing that and getting to know what that means. And like, I'm looking at all these things I accomplished because my body took me through. Like I ran a fucking marathon because my legs carried me. Legs that I literally have hated since I was 12, you know, and my heart was pumping blood and my body holds in my heart. And, you know, I've been through heartbreak and I've been in tremendous loving situations and I've taken planes to Africa and Italy and I've had the privilege of seeing sights in the world in my body. This is a body that is special, it is important, and it is literally the only thing I'm guaranteed in this earth. And above all, you know, I don't have to get out of bed and swing my legs out of bed in the morning and wake up and say, this is going to be a good day. I get to do that because I'm able-bodied and I'm privileged. And of course, you can be privileged and able-bodied and have a bad body day. Trust me when I say it happens to me all the time. But we have to just sit back and remember how important it is to treat our bodies like champions because they really really are and i hope that you guys can all reflect a little on how you feel about your body and give yourself some grace and gratitude and eat a scoop of damn ice cream and have a dance party and look at your hands and be like these hands have held so many other hands and faces and things and it has been such a tremendous journey to do that and i've been able to do that because of my body um and i try to always remember little things i like about myself whenever i'm having a bad day too um like i i really like the freckles that are on my arms and i love my eyebrows and eyes um i have a small little nose that i like um i have a good butt on on the back of these legs and you know my feet are kind of messed up but i like them because they allow me to run really long distances and um even when i'm having a bad day about my stomach or something i can look at it and be like hell yeah you look great bestie and so i always try to give myself those little affirmations instead of tearing myself down because it really isn't worth it and our time on this earth is so minimal and so valued and so confused and we have no idea really what we're doing here but one thing that we can do and one thing that we're supposed to do is give ourselves grace and give our bodies love And I hope you guys can do that. And I thank you so much for giving me these last 55 minutes to just talk into this microphone and tell you about all of these things that are so important to me. And I hope you go forth in good faith and good health and good love and good body acceptance and you have the best day. And as always, my DMs are open. If you need anything or you want to talk about any of this, please DM me on Instagram and I will see you in two weeks. I love you guys. Thank you.